Welcome to the Muddy River Breakdown. I'm Muddy River Sports Editor Matt Shuckman, and joining me in the Muddy Buddy Studio, my esteemed colleague, the yin to my yang when it comes to prep football and prep sports in general, Mr. Chris Dewar of KHQA. Does that make us yin-yang twins? We are. <laughs> well, we, we both have a little bit of facial hair and shorter no hair, yeah, so. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, you know, it's something. <laughs> How are you today, buddy? I am fantastic. It's been a really good couple of weeks. I, I know for me, and I hope for you as well, because it feels like with autumn coming, with everything oh. kind of grinding into the best part of the fall schedule, everything feels so normal and wonderful as opposed to last year, and that's been uplifting in a lot of different ways. Man. I mean, you walk outside, there's a cool breeze, you can run around with your windows down in your vehicle as you go from field to field or course to course or wherever you're running around to and it, it just it does it feels normal and we got big games on the slate whether it's football we've got regionals coming up next week for golf you know starting to get that postseason feel we've had some big soccer matches recently I mean it's just it's normal it is have you looked big picture too at you know week five just being maybe the best week we're gonna see oh all my. season long it could very well be because you look at the matchups across the board they are super they're, they're incredible you know, and, and I know, you know, we sat here in, in our offices and planned out what all can we get to. And I, I'm sure you and Zach have done the same thing across town. Of, we got a lot of games to try to get to. And all of them have their own unique intrigue, um, yeah. you know. And, and obviously, these are games that not just have interest locally, but they now play, especially in Northeast Missouri, on a state stage this week in a way that I don't think we'll see the rest of the season with that many games. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, and I know one, I mean, obviously the, the headliner might be the Mayor's Cup, but the, the, you know, the emo game of the week is a really big one because you got Bowling Green undefeated at 4-0 going against Mark Twain undefeated at 4-0. And it's full of subplots. And, uh, you yes. know, obviously the Austin League thing is huge here. But I also think from a, from a player standpoint, these Mark Twain kids and being over there yesterday, getting a chance to kind of get some stuff to preview this game for tonight – you know, this game is something that has been a standout moment for them to prove, hey, we're not a fluke. This didn't just happen. We returned a lot of players from last year. You know, obviously the Lakota Preston portion of that equation right. has changed everything, giving them a home run threat to wow. go along with all of their other really good pieces, whether it's Talbot or Moss or Hawkins. But he really has electrified the thing, and they – obviously have thought all along, hey, we've got the best offensive line, maybe in Northeast Missouri, let's go out and prove it. And this is a wonderful chance to do that because Bowling Green, I, I talked to somebody this week who I really respect, who, who told me that they thought Bowling Green was not just a couple of touchdowns better than Mark Twain, that if they played Monroe City straight up this year, they're a couple of touchdowns better than them. They wow. think Bowling Green is a generational type team that can contend at the highest level. And again, this doesn't come willy-nilly from some fan. This is somebody near football. So does that mean Bowling Green's capable of maybe playing for a class two state championship I, I think that's the implication based on the fact if everybody stays healthy and what they've done to date is is basically impressive because Gunnar Bryant their best defensive player has missed significant time right. so far this season and yet they've housed everyone including Palmyra to this point yeah that's... which you know leads you to believe that I don't know what the pushback is going to be um, I would assume maybe for, for them, North Callaway, who's the other really good team left out there right. in the, the emo. But 
If it's not this Friday, I don't know that anybody in the regular season really has a chance to push Bowling Green. I, I guess we'll find out Friday, but I think that's what I'm so excited about is, okay, who is how good is your good for both of these teams? Yeah. Well, and I, I think when you say pushback, I think the same thing's happening in Hannibal because I've, you got Mexico this week, and then after that, there's nobody. Right. You know, certainly in the conference. They did. I do think that they did benefit from that Zumwalt West game just I do because too. that was a really quality offensive opponent. Yeah. And the defense finally had to stretch a little bit. And they'll have to stretch this week against a running game that has three guys who are already over 260 yards rushing. Exactly. Who do you take away if you're Hannibal? So th- this is a good thing for Hannibal. And I know that's not going to play as highly as everything else. Uh, just because we are going to be Mayor's Cup obsessed this week. Yes. Emo obsessed this week and all the other really good things that are going on. Um, You know, unfortunately, some of the bloom is off the North Shelby-Knox County game just because of injuries and Knox County kind of falling back a little bit. But there are a ton of games. I mean, just just from a standpoint of, okay, you know, this might be the sixth best game in Northeast Missouri this week, but Highland versus South Shelby suddenly has a ton of appeal with South Shelby playing really well last week with Trey Countryman going nuts at quarterback for them and Highland having to answer, okay, what do you do now that you've been punched in the mouth and you yeah. lost a game that nobody expected you to lose and you were a heavy favorite in a red-letter game for the first time in years and it didn't go your way? What's the response from Dave DeGarmo and company? So that's game number six on the docket to tell you how deep the Northeast Missouri docket is this week. Well, let's talk about game number one, yeah. the Mayor's Cup. Yeah, Monroe-Palmyra for homecoming in Monroe City. I mean, big time, big time game. This is, this is, I think, the litmus test on that Monroe City offensive and defensive line that we haven't quite had yet that I think they need. I think that there's a, there's a thought process out there that says, okay, what's going to happen when Monroe City has somebody physical and nasty up front that, that's going to lean on you a little bit? And obviously with Luke, Trippet, Luke Triplett yes. and, and Braden Madden, Man, that's yeah. going to happen this week in a way that, you know, and, and people forget, Madden absolutely killed Monroe City. Yep. It wasn't as much Weston King last year. It was Madden getting loose. And he also had some, some you know, really big games along the way as well against Hallsville. He seems to play really well in big games. I think that's the question well, for Monroe City is how do you get those guys blocked? And both, both of those guys, Triplett and Madden, are in that conversation for best linemen in the area. Oh, absolutely they are. And, and so you've, you've got to find a way to block them, and you've got to find a way then on the opposite side to get through them, to yes. create some havoc from the defensive side of the ball because the Palmyra offense has changed dramatically in the last two weeks. Still going to run the ball, still going to run it with, a, a, with a, the power game with Nolan Richards in the backfield, but Colin Arch adds a different dimension at quarterback that they didn't have the first two weeks. Which which makes the presence, and, and I know David Kirby kind of tipped us all to this off preseason because we hadn't heard of Ashton Wallace before right. before all of this happened, but he's been really good. He's been really good. And, and and that kind of changes things because you do have, and and you know, maybe I'm this is an opinion, but I'm spitballing, maybe the best linebacker to play in this region since Brett Taylor and Keaton Penowell out there, Roman behind him. Um, that changes the the fact that you have to actually account for the guys up front before you even get to Penowell and to the Toltons of the world. So, you know, Josh is back there, you know, playing in the defensive backfield like the ultimate rover. So yeah. you've got a lot of things up front you have to deal with, like Landon Holland as well, that you have to contend with before you even get to the meat of that defense. Well, so. and, and what it does is it allows Penowell to roam free. It does. I mean. And that's he, a scary proposition. Oh. He is so big now, and everything he hits gets destroyed. 
but he's big and he's quick. He I mean, you forget about the quickness side of things and how quickly he gets to the ball, how quickly he gets to a hole, how quickly you can have a hole and think, okay, I'm through there, and boom, Pennywell's there. And he makes not only the spectacular play, he makes the mundane play, and he makes yeah. it relentlessly and routinely. So, you know, if you were trying to set the bar on what you do, there are a lot of spectacular linebackers in our area. I don't know that anybody attends the job duties as fully and as thoroughly as Keaton Pennewell does at this point. So who wins? I, I think it's Monroe City. I, I do. I, I think if this game was a couple of weeks from now, I think we'd have the conversation that Palmyra could win it. Yeah. I, I just don't know that Palmyra has found enough offensive consistency, period, yeah. at this point to say that. Defensively, I have a lot of faith in them because you put Colin Arch back in the mix with Landon Smith, and they can cover the back end yeah. and deal with speed better than anybody else Monroe's seen to date. But right now, I, I think it's Monroe. We talk so much about so many kids certainly on the offensive side of the ball, I think people forget how good Landon Smith is in the defensive backfield for Palmyra. He is. He's an all-stater. And yeah. he what, 77 tackles last year, and he gets everywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think we even, you know, if you want to talk about a most underrated kid in the area, he's in that conversation, Matt, just because he's become such a good wide receiver. And, you know, when Hayes Miller was kind of out of the equation, he was the guy who was destined to become that replacement, which yep. says an awful lot about the way Kevin Miles and his crew views that group. So, again, you know, if, if I'm Stephen Jones and I'm coaching offensive line for Palmyra this week, that's where I'm telling my guys they've got to excel. Yep. And, and same way defensively. If you want to beat Monroe City, you want to win the Mayor's Cup, you want to retain it, you're going to have to win that three yards from the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds cliche, but yep. I don't think it's ever more amplified than here. Same thing has to happen on this side of the river. Quincy High has to win the line of scrimmage against Galesburg this week. Very doable. But to, to set up that passing game, to set up that running game, they, they got to own the line of scrimmage. But suddenly now with the victory over UT last week, you're looking at a Blue Devil team that could get to the playoffs. They, they, they certainly changed their calculus last week, that's yeah. for certain. And I don't know how much of that video you saw. I mean, I, we got the video we got from our friends in the Quad Cities. It was pretty enlightening how yeah. smooth the Quincy High offense ran. And I had had some conversations <laughs> behind the scenes with Brian Luton a little bit last week about, yep. hey, we got something this week. We got something going. Don't sleep on what our offense can be. And sure enough... You know, they put the wheels in motion, and their receivers are really, really good. They are. And, they, and I, don't know that we, uh, I don't know that we understood that, the extent to which we understand that now, just by seeing them in a couple of big games. I don't know if there's anybody faster than Shammy Gay out there. There's not. I mean, I, I think if you put everybody in a race right now, he would, he would be the most football-fast guy in our area, including Aeneas Williams, just because, you know, it's a different – it's kind of like – uh, the Caleb Lapsley argument. Once you see him against everybody else, the mm -hmm. or, or Sir Whitaker, the field looks different just yeah, because they're does. so much faster than everybody else. Notre Dame goes hits the road, breeze modern day. Uh, just a traditional rivalry that should be a slobber knocker of a game. It's always the most hostile crowd that Notre Dame travels to all <laughs> yes. year. And it's... It's if you've never been to that game in particular, I know unless you're a Notre Dame fan, you probably haven't. There's a whole different. It, it almost reminds me of old school Harden Calhoun. Okay, Calhoun was great. Just the how insular it is, and the people crawling out of the hills. It seems to come watch the football game because that's what there is to do at modern day that day. Um, it's an interesting test for a QAD team that did, and I don't know how much resonantly you put in this, Matt. Quincy Notre Dame did struggle a little bit up front. Now, Deshen is a very good defense. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how if that's, you know, if that's endemic of a really good performance where you punch yourself out of a tough spot on the road, if that's, you know, 
Chuck Lavery turning everything around with one of the longest interceptions in the history of the state of Missouri to help pull you out of a spot where that could have been a tighter game. I don't know what that is or if that's just a credit to Deshen, but we also saw them do that to a really good Macon offense as well. So I'm interested to see what Quincy Notre Dame's offensive line does this week. I think so, and I'll be interested to see that as well, and I'll be interested to see if Calvin Lavery can can click, you know, you got so many weapons around him. If he can just get them the ball in space, they can do so many things. Have we talked enough about Elliot Moss and kind of what he's meant as well to, to what they've been able to do to this point? I don't think anybody's really talked much about Elliot Moss. He's been big. He's been very big. And, and he's a kid that I, I don't think was on anybody's preseason radar. No. And he's suddenly become this incredibly resonant piece in who they are because it seems like he makes the big play. Yeah, you know, whether it's whether it's a touchdown that kind of gives you the lead, or whether it's just that short yardage pickup, that mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you know the, who filled that role last year. Jack Marth, essentially, Jack Marth. when you needed a yeah. short yardage, he's that dude. He's a bulldog. He is. Oh, that's a great description. I mean, that pretty yeah. much accurately sums him up. We've talked a lot of football here. Okay. Let's talk something a little more important. Okay. When you hit the road this weekend, where are you going to eat? Oh, geez. That's that's always such a fun question. You Isn't know, I, I have certain rules for this. Okay. Usually, if I'm, if I'm under an hour, I, I usually don't have time to stop someplace. Okay. But, you know, if I'm going the hour and a half, you know, if I'm making the trip to Jacksonville or Carrollton mm-hmm. or, you know, going outside of Macomb or traveling to St. Louis or, you know, next week making a golf trip to uh, Bartonville Limestone to go right. see, you know, Connor Ham. You know, th- then I'll have the list of places, you know, that okay. come into, come into okay. account. Okay, so it, it has to be something you can't get here, correct? It, it does. It, it has to be like, it has to be part of the one. you got to understand, the Dewar family is weird from our, well, well yeah, you understand <laughs> that uniquely. Yes. But, you know, from the time we were little, every vacation revolved around food. So it's just, <laughs> it's a very important piece of the puzzle, Matt Chuckman. No question. <laughs> Every okay, so here's the funny thing. My dad, every time we go on vacation, my wife and I now, first question my dad asks, you know, when he talks to us, "Gee, anywhere interesting?" <laughs> yeah, and you have to, and it's yeah. like we we just did a long family road trip this summer, and we went out to we did the the national parks things, Grand Teton. Yeah. I know you've done this trip as well, and it's phenomenal. Yellowstone. First thing you first thing you do is okay, you know, you're in Jackson Hole. Hey, there was a pizza place that was featured on drive-ins, diners, and you know, and, and diners, and, drive-ins, and dives. Yes, the Guy Fieri, you know, yeah, ate yeah. there, and we went to the pizza joint, and it was fantastic. We had a chicken pizza that was recommended. We, it was fantastic. We've eaten at every. There's four of them, I believe, in Colorado Springs that have appeared on his show. Yeah, and we've eaten at every one of them when we've done our trips. See? But for me, it's okay. So, like when we went to Yellowstone, we, we stayed in Cody, Wyoming. Okay, we found a, an old restaurant. That was, you know, Buffalo Bill probably ate there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Very it, cool. you know, it was one of those type of things. It was like you walked in and there, there's Buffalo heads on the wall and it feels like you're back in a wet old West saloon. And, oh, so that that's my, uh, I got to find somewhere unique that as has a story. As stony as possible. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. great. But, but see, the, the interesting thing is, okay, you're on the road. When you're going to a game, you're getting there, you're on the sideline, you're shooting, you're hustling back to get highlights right. done and stuff. You're not sitting in a, in a press box on the radio for, for two and a half hours, three hours. And thinking about and, where you come home to. Well, yes. well, there's that or it's, I better not eat too much before the game. 
because I really don't – or drink too much because I really don't want to have to run to the bathroom right. in the middle of a broadcast. Well, the, the fortunate thing for me is I'm usually running. So, you know, if I eat something, I digest it pretty fast because <laughs> I am moving about the sidelines True. quickly and, and doing all of that stuff. So, you know, typically now with Carson Dewar over in Springfield, my, 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 my places to try now because he's over playing guinea pig uh. for me – have expanded as they have in Jacksonville, you know, because he, you know, he's teaching over there. Yeah. He gets a lot of good tips from my good friend, Mark Rounds and the, you know, Ryan Van Aken and the staff over there, Joey Dion, you know, that's a no, great staff. No question. Good, good people. So, Very yes. good people. So where are you heading Friday night? I'm going to go and I shot my mouth off early and I'm going to, and I didn't check the schedule even when I said it, but I told the good folks of Mark Twain, who I've had a friendly back and forth with this season for picking against them on tourisms. I told them if they were 4-0 going into the Bowling Green game, I didn't care what else was on the schedule. I would be at Mark Twain for the Bowling Green game, and I'm going to live up to that. Now, my eyes will be, you know, on my phone a lot there as well, checking the Mayor's Cup, checking, you know, Checking out, you know, the Mexico Mexico Hannibal score, right. but we've worked it out, Matt. Where because we've got so many good friends in this business, yes. you know, we're going to be able to get you know highlights from a really big Mexico Fulton game by way of our good friend Rod Smith down in the legend himself down in Jefferson City. Rod's big old fish. Rod's big old fish indeed. We're going to be able to get highlights, pull really important highlights this week for us. You know, and it, it may seem a lesser storyline this week, but McComb, who's played incredibly well, and yeah. Jack Duncan, who's gone nuts in the quarterback department. True. Uh, and I know he's been hitting you up with some of his stuff as well yeah, yeah. on Twitter. I like uh, it. Yeah, he's going to Farmington this week, and we're going to be able to get highlights of that because that Farmington came, Farmington team came in and threw the ball all over Illini West this week, and I'm thinking we may see 800 yards of total offense wow. by, by way of what, you know, you know, and, and everybody knows Derek Jeter because he's up there coaching, you know, Western Illinois men's basketball. His son is a heck of a young sophomore wide receiver named JT who had three touchdown catches this week. Yeah. So, you know, we are we are fortunate in our friendships in this business, and that oh. allows us to be more than just three or four guys in Quincy covering games. Well, and, and you bring up McComb, Little Skitch isn't a bad head coach. He's done a really good job. And I got a chance. We're talking about Tanner Horrell. I got a chance to sit down and watch him call the game. And, you know, there is something special. And I, I guess it should be no surprise because we knew Steve called a really good game. Yes. All those years, you know, Kelly Sears would take a powder when the offense was going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he'd be over on the sidelines talking to somebody, and Steve was running all those really great offenses. Yes. And that is clearly rubbed off on Tanner. He has a great understanding for it. And they've done most of this without their best back, Max Reiner, who's been injured with a shoulder injury, who just kind of got back into the mix. I don't think we've seen nearly the canvas that McComb can be. And I think that whole Prairie Land thing is really super interesting now. You've got the Lafferty Bowl this week mm-hmm. with, with Brian Lafferty's Rushville Industry team being undefeated and taking on his brother, who's the offensive coordinator at Illini West. Yep. Illini West is kind of surprisingly 2-2, two and two, but still a pretty good football team. Right. So you've got all of these things going on all at once. And again, I, I just look at week five and go, I wish we could spread out some of this to another week because we've had some dog baby weeks, as yep. you're well aware. I mean, I, week three was not fun. No, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Um, what else intrigues you on the, on the prep scene as of right now or the college scene locally? Um, obviously, we got golf regionals next week. Uh, you're going to be chasing the Connor Ham watch. I am. I'm going to be watching the Quincy High girls, obviously, yeah. at home for a regional, which I think is going to be like sacrificial lambs brought to Quincy because uh, I think so that too. team's playing so well. And what we, we touched on Sophia Gold earlier. She won medalist in their last event. Oh, I know. You know. They're just they're pretty insane. And, you know, you know, Lacey Novosil's out there scoring aces in McComb. So <laughs> they're going to be fun. I'm kind of interest, interested to see what becomes of Quincy Notre Dame soccer. 
um, because it seems like there are some evolving pieces there that are starting to make the overall offense better. Yeah. Um, so I want to see what they are. I'm really impressed with Quincy High Soccer and kind of what they've been able to do to date. Um, you know, the Jacksonville game kind of different because that was a hard scramble match. But, um, you know, there, well, there's a lot of canvas there that suggests that Ron Bridal's team could be pretty good come the postseason. I mean, defensively, they're really good. They're super defensive. So if they could find a way to improve offensively to where they can generate a little bit more of an attack, they've got a legit shot at, at, at something special. Um if the, you know, you mentioned Quincy Notre Dame soccer. The attacks the the key there. Yes. I mean, you got obviously you got Tanner Anderson, well, and everybody's yelling follow eleven everywhere he goes. Yeah. Every single team. And the I, the I'm guy Tanner, I'm frustrated is well, and I I think the guy that I look at and go maybe the most important piece to that is Ben Frerichs. Well, and he's been really good. And yet, I don't know if you saw the goal he hit the other night. Oh, hit a bomb! Oh my goodness, beautiful shot. And yeah. you know he's getting more aggressive with it. And I think guys are having to understand that you can't sit around and wait for Tanner Anderson to make magic alone. Does Quincy University have a chance against Ashland this week on the road? That's such a hard question because you don't know what exactly Quincy University is going to show up. Good Quincy University has a fighting chance. I give them a Buster Douglas's punching chance to, to, because they've got they've got some pieces. I they mean, do. clearly that receiving core is going to give everybody they play fits. Yes. It is that improved and that resonant. The rest of it, you know, it's a wait and see. I, I, I just, I, I, what shows up, how they play. Having Peyton Chapel back defensively is a big makes impact. A world of difference. Makes a world of difference. With Zarek Hill back defensively, makes a world of difference. I don't think they win this week, but I think there's a chance for them to have success against some of the bottom teams in the GLVC. I don't know if they can contend yet. Flip it, and what if they do? Where does that change the paradigm for Quincy University Hawk football? Well, if, if they win some, if they, if they win, if they beat an Ashland, or if they go and beat a, a one of the big ones in the GLVC, then suddenly you got to start thinking: Okay, has they have they turned the corner? Isn't you that know? the missing resume piece? At yeah, this point? yeah, yeah. And, you know. and and conversely, the resume piece is now there for Culver Stock. Oh, no question. Um, you know these two, these last two victories in particular. Setting them up for what, you know, is the most anticipated homecoming on the hill oh since, my. since when? At least Chris Tabor and maybe least, long before that. I, I think long know? before that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and they are, I mean, it's a chance to go to Camp Missouri and watch a pair of future pros. I mean, and I don't know what, I'm not saying NFL pros, but I'm saying right now, Andrew Rupsich is going to play somewhere. I yeah. mean, it's just, he just fits every profile at left tackle. And Pat Robinson last week, is really, really fantastic. And it doesn't get played because, you know, he's not the flashy guy. Right. And, and we have the local angle with Dalton Hoffman. But I don't know that I've seen a better NAIA linebacker than Pat Robinson. No, you're right. And, and the fact that NFL scouts continue to show up on the Culver campus. To, For those to, two guys. To talk to those two, to see them in practice, to, to, to learn more about them, shows you that there's interest. There is. And Tom Sally is super excited about not just that, but, you know, talking to him the other day, it was, hey, he sees that future roster tree all the way down to the freshman. And he's telling me that there are guys on this, on this roster that, hey, if you think Connor's really a great wide receiver, wait three years until you see this kid. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're stacked up. They are. To, to ignite this thing for a long time to come. Interesting thing about Culver right now, is what's going on behind the scenes. The heart of America Athletic Conference could be making some changes to the way it does its football scheduling and could open up a window for one non-conference 
out-of-conference game. I can't think of a team that would actually fit that bill. I guess Culver Stockton will have to take the bye that week. I just wonder if maybe it's time <laughs> to resurrect. The muddy river? The the old oaken bucket. Yes, pull the mud out of the bucket. I, I think the muddy river bucket bowl has quite a ring to it. I, I, I would agree with you, muddy buddy. I think this is <laughs> I think this would be fantastic if this happens and comes to pass and long overdue. And let's face it, the great thing about that series, and we know this from firsthand experience, is when you're having an off season. There have been a lot of them in, there, in recent years. No question. Both. That gives you something to play for. Oh, no question. And and uh, you and I have both seen it. We've seen the 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 atmosphere for a game like that. The when both teams have struggled, right? And, and suddenly, it's the most important thing in the world that week for for both sides. And and you're you're right. It, and the fact that both teams are showing progress, and certainly Culver's kind of elevated itself to where you're looking NAI playoffs this year right. and, and that kind of stuff. That would be a phenomenal game, and I, I just I hope it works out. I hope there I hope there's a way that the, the heart works it out to to open up that one non conference game, and then I hope Pat Atwell and Josh Raby look at each other and say, "We're doing this. Get it done." I, I believe they would. Here's here's something else I'll bring up to you, Matt, because I've wondered this. You know, I've been in this business long enough to see a lot of the things happen that I never thought I would. Keokuk winning a football state championship, Hannibal going to a state football game, um, you know, Culver Stockton men's basketball playing in the national tournament. Yeah. All of these things that you never really thought you'd see happen. For you, is there one thing out there that you want to see before you're done doing what you do? Because we tried to have this conversation with Zach the other day. What haven't I seen that I would really love to see happen? Is it Notre Dame going to the the to the, the big carpet football wise? I, I there'd be two. There's there's two that jump out at okay. me. Quincy Notre Dame playing for a state football championship okay. because I I've covered Notre Dame football now I believe this is year number twenty three, um, since I moved back to town, okay. um, uh, I've covered almost every playoff game imaginable for that program in the last twenty plus years, um, and I know how close they've been. I'm still not over Cole City. Yeah, I, I don't know if ever will be at that, yeah. at that rate. But yes, yeah. I feel you. So um, that would be one. And, and from a personal standpoint, I would love to cover Quincy High in a, a state basketball championship. Oh, because you, yes, that's true. You were still, I, would, I, up in I mean, I was yeah. in 81 yeah. when they played for a state title. I was a little bozo, red haired kid running around cheering on the Blue Devils from the, the back row of the bleachers with my parents and, um, you know, I grew up around that program. Those would be two really cool instances. I think this town would just be insane yeah. in either case. I think that would be something incredibly special. And it was like, you know, sitting there talking to somebody who's younger in the business and taking inventory. Well, you forget that, hey, I did get to cover, you know, Western Illinois playing in a snowstorm in the, yeah. at, the, at the time, the, you know, 1AA playoffs. And, you know, you, you get to do all these things that you don't realize. You know, I, I think now, I, I think I'd like to see Dustin Jacoby win a strap. I think no, that would be that would be cool. cool. Having, that would be having very known cool. and covered him all the way back since Triopia. Right, that would be really cool. Yeah, there, you there's know. a lot of that stuff that factors in. Maybe the the biggest one for me, yes, would be Mizzou in a Final Four. <laughs> I, know, it just I would be. It just oh, it would. Yeah. And that would, that's not one I would want to cover. No, it just happen. I just want to be a fan at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would purely be. I want to go be a fan. I want to. I want to just go crazy. 
Well, and, and, and celebrate it. I, I brought all of my bad karma to your Mizzoudom <laughs> because, you know, as a Sacramento Fings, Kings fan, you know, and having suffered through the Robert Ory shot and then to come here and then bring on the Tyus Edney shot. and uh, what, oh, what happens? What happens in the Dewar household if the Kings ever win an NBA championship? I probably will weep openly on the floor for hours on end um, just because there's so much torment there. And my wife will yell at me to get your crying butt off the floor, you big sissy lala, and get, get back to it. But I, I will, you know, I, I still, the thing with the Kings too, Matt, is just because it came so close to leaving. Yeah. Because it, you know, because the Maloofs nearly pulled off the, the great heist, um, <laughs> because they nearly pulled off the great heist and sent my team to Seattle or Virginia Beach or wherever it was that they've tried for Vegas four different times. Yes. You know, you appreciate it more because you nearly lost it. And um, there, there's a whole load of emotion there from the day that, you know, Ricky Berry committed suicide yeah. to the day they first moved to town to, you know, it would be like, I mean, it's different. I know you're a diehard Cardinal fan, but it would be like the Cardinals moving to oh. Quincy, you know, and yeah. it just it would take oh, on it would that different sense. layer. Yeah, I, I've had the luxury as a, as a fan, you know, because we work in the business, so so we're we're connected to sports through all the time, but we're still fans. We are. You, you, I mean, and we're fans of the the teams we grew up on. Absolutely. So I've seen the Cardinals win a World Series. I've seen the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. Saw the Blues. Saw the Blues win a Cup, which I never thought was good. I happen. never thought either, but it I've seen it happen. I haven't seen Mizzou get to a Final Four. No, and that's seen that's the one. Every that's, last that's the one. permutation that's kept them from there. Yeah, yeah, let's. Well, yeah. Oh man, it just hurts my soul. It still does, you know. And you the, just the missed opportunities. But I feel you, and and that would be super cool. And you know, I think you bring up a really important point that just. You know, you can still cover this business. You can do it professionally on a day-to-day basis. You can take pride in the community you work in and still cover it as a journalist. But there are times when you shut the door to your house and you are a fan just as crazy and dumb and say stupid things as everybody <laughs> oh, else yeah. who's in the fandom. And we've all been there, you know. So that that's the passion of sports. Well, we got a lot to be passionate about, certainly around here which is why we strive to do what we do every day. It is, and we are blessed because I've been other places and I've seen other places and there's just nowhere quite like this. Well, thanks for hanging out with me this week. Always a pleasure, my friend. Let's uh, let's hope we get you off the IR pretty quickly. Well, let's hope so. Because for the people who don't know, you have been a trooper in doing what you do, <laughs> fighting through some things. So God bless you, my man. Just well, keep fighting the good fight. Got to get, gotta get the wheel fixed so we're uh, running on all cylinders. Well, yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to play on a bad knee. It's, yeah. it, whatever the business is, you know, whether it's, you know, the actual sports or what you're doing, you, you, it's hard to be on the uh, – Hard to be on the mend at the same time you're trying to do your thing. So props to you for doing that, my friend. Well, why don't you come back to the Muddy Buddy studio sometime soon? Anytime you want. Let's hope that uh, maybe we'll have some more Mark Twain to talk about when we do. Sounds good. For Chris Dewar, I'm Matt Shuckman. This has been the Muddy River Breakdown. Catch you next time.